0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Geek Scott Game, the Geekiverse's all-video game show. We are coming to you not live, but recorded, because John almost had us uh, in a live stream there. We don't know where it went, but hey, those buttons, they're so
1: close to each other. Yeah. It's just, it happened. Scavenger Hunt, if you can find out where I accidentally broadcasted that second of footage live, you win a prize. Don't know what it is, but you win a prize. <laughs> we'll ship
0: you a Geekiverse glass via FedEx. Perfect. Right, Rashawn? No. I <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, I'm Josiah Leroy with me today this beautiful bunch of gaming geeks John Fick. What's up John? Howdy my friend. How are you? Very very good. Mr. Jeff Pavlock, the Polish pierogi as I remember from watching our 2 year anniversary video.
2: Good evening, guys.
0: <laughs> and Rashawn Anderson, the platinum king himself. Rashawn, how's your day going?
3: Going all right. Going all right. Uh you know I'm not going to get into the FedEx stuff. Let's just go. Let's just go. We'll, we'll
0: <laughs> save it as bonus content because
3: we'll
0: the story's worth living again. I think. So we've got a great show for you today. We're talking a PS5 tech demo, um, some wonderful Xbox or uh, Nintendo news, some kind of mediocre Xbox Series X coverage, um, and a lot to go after that. But first, as always, we'll start the episode with what is in your system. I'm sure we've all been playing a, a number of games. Why don't we start with John?
1: Uh, What have you been playing lately? Yeah, man. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Shadow of the Tomb Raider. So I was feeling... Ah! uh, Yeah, so that's an old one. Um, So I played the first two Tomb Raider games. I liked them a lot. Really enjoyed them. Uh, Don't know why when Shadow came out. I just didn't get to it. It was one of those things where it came out. I bought it when it came out. I I own the physical copy the day and date. Um, I just don't know why I didn't play it. Maybe something else came out around the same time. Must have been something else came out around the same time. For sure. Yeah. So I, I don't remember what. Never got to it and oh, I've been uh, Spider Man. Spider Man, that makes sense. If that's the case then It was like a week apart. I was definitely playing some Spider Man. So that, that makes sense. Um it's been sitting in the shrink wrap until like two weeks ago when I unwrapped it and popped it in. I was just kind of feeling uh feeling the itch to play something narrative focused, kind of like action adventure action adventure and like cinematic that's kind of where my head was at it kind of started where i wanted to replay an uncharted game and i'm like you know what i haven't played the third third tomb raider so why replay uncharted when i can just play something new that kind of scratches the same itch um so i'm about i would say like 12 hours in sounds about right i'm playing a hefty chunk um, I'm, I'm probably like 80% w- way through the the main story it's it's good it's good not great there there's some issues with it I couldn't care less about the story. I'm having a lot of fun jumping around, yeah. but I just I really don't know what's going on. Last night, I literally pulled up like one of those 5-minute story recap videos just to like refresh myself, and I just paused it when I got to the point where I was at in the story so I didn't obviously spoil the ending, but I'm like I don't know what's going on, but I'm having fun. It's a it's a beautiful game. Uh it plays well. Uh I mean, I'm 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 a sucker for those those climbing action adventure uncharted Tomb Raider games. I really enjoy them. So, I've been having fun with it.
0: John, I I played that pretty much right at launch, in between my complete Spider-Man run, and uh, I felt disappointed by it. I don't know why, because I think it really is fundamentally a good game. But um, same with you, like I really could not find myself engaged with the story. I think we both agree it uh, visually it's beautiful, of course. Yeah, you know it, it. That's that's a given. But this one in particular looks even even better than usual, um, and. I don't know if it's just that I really liked the first two so much that this was maybe a step down, but like, I remember bits and pieces of the second story. I recall the first story fairly well. I've played that game through at least twice. Um, And I thought those were really nice foundational pieces. And this one was kind of meh and it was disappointing to be the, the, the end of this trilogy to me.
1: For sure. I'm right there with you. And while I'm still kind of in the, you know, in the heart of it. I'm not completely down on it, but it's definitely one of those things where it's like this will stand out as the the least enjoyable experience of the three for me. But that being yeah. said, still having a good time. Still scratching that itch I was looking for. Um, so I'll probably wrap that up this weekend. Other than Tomb Raider, I've been playing some Animal Crossing, chipping away, buying some daily goods, making sure I'm getting all my shop items, stuff like that. Um, And then a little bit of Call of Duty multiplayer. I've hopped back into just like the traditional multiplayer, not the the Warzone, the Battle Royale, but actually just playing some like Kill confirm, Team Deathmatch, pick up and play a little bit of that. So that's been me. Good stuff all around. Jeff Pavlak, what's been in your system?
2: i finally got the terraforming option on animal crossing i think i got it literally the day after we recorded our last episode so i've i've been going to town now with that Ah, um it's like i exactly i know i'm about a month and a half behind the rest of the world on it but now i'm really gonna sink my teeth into it um otherwise i busted out my 3ds for the first time in probably two three years uh, I downloaded Rhythm Heaven Megamix, which is part of one of Nintendo's lesser-known franchises, the Rhythm Heaven franchise. I think there's like four games in all. They were all for, the, for their handhelds between Game Boy, DS. Maybe not Game Boy, probably just DS and 3DS. Um, but I got the last one, which came out on 3DS now four years ago. It was kind of a surprise announcement at the E3 where they had the big... Not reveal, but the big showing of Breath of the Wild. Like basically, when that E3 was, they were a one man show. It was just the Breath of the Wild presentation. Um, it had been out in Japan for the months beforehand, and they just quietly announced that it was on the eShop internationally. So there was never a physical release. You could only buy it digitally. But I downloaded it. It just reaffirms that I'm absolutely terrible at rhythm games, whether it's Guitar Hero, uh, anything like that. I am absolutely terrible at them. But any of the challenges in there that are more like, Visually based that have like visual prompts as opposed to audio and uh rhythm prompts, I'm better at those uh the ones where you have to just kind of remember the beat and listen for the cues. I'm absolutely horrible, absolutely horrible,
0: oh, man, rhythm games, I love them. Breathe those in um <laughs> yeah. uh, I'd be interested
2: it was like yeah I was say I'd be interested to watch you play it, Josiah because you have such a better ear for music than I do, like maybe those those challenges that are more about the audio cues you'd get those a lot better than i do
0: maybe i could be worse i think it's worth a, a play i though. i really
2: i really don't think you could be worse than me maybe you <laughs> wouldn't be good but you wouldn't be worse than me i, I don't think that's
0: possible hey um, it sounds like a, a nice let's play opportunity
2: this is one nintendo game i will not master no matter how much i want to
0: <laughs> well speaking of mastering games We've got the Platinum King here. Rashawn, what, so you, I know you started Assassin's Creed the other day. I'm a little surprised you haven't finished it yet. But, <laughs> but,
3: but, uh, what,
0: what do you think of that so far? I, I, how far
3: did you get? We are recording um,
0: the so I, I didn't tune in.
3: Yeah, the stream I had last night, we, we were on there for about three hours. Um, so a couple of story missions and I busted out like two or three side missions as well. Um, it's different. The control scheme is very different for what I'm used to um so i was getting you know i was getting worked a little bit but uh that won't last for too long um (laughs) it's just so funny because i'm so used to games where square or like an x is like your attack button but in this game that's going to be your your dodge and your attack is your your uh your right trigger uh button for a heavy attack and your light attack is your r1 so this is different i'm getting used to it i'm playing it on hard mode as well uh my audience suckered me into doing it on hard mode. I told you so, not to, yeah. for what it's worth. Well, <laughs> hard, no, it's the, the hard, that's not the issue. It's the thing that I started and I switched back to is exploration mode. I switched back to guided. John was 1000% right on yeah. that. Um, it's something different that they went for in terms of like, hey, like you're in this big open world in real life. If someone told you to go here, there's no waypoint for you uh you would just have to figure it out and i tried it because i'm like oh it sounds interesting of course ubisoft is like this is the way assassin's creed odyssey is meant to be played uh yeah because you want people to wander around in your world for 120 hours and say your games longer than it is i see what you're doing ubisoft uh (laughs) you you got me for like a couple missions and but i switched it back um but I, I again that mode's probably good for if you really want to get into the exploration but of course if i'm streaming it you know an audience doesn't want want to watch you run around to find one dude for t- you know 30 minutes so uh i switched back on that but i like it again it's the only assassin's creed game i haven't played um i like it for the little bit that i've played so far i'll be diving more into that on some upcoming streams and the only other thing i'll be resuming is my dark souls 3 platinum run uh I was doing that before. <laughs> you guys know I got to have a platinum run um That I was doing that before. Uh, Persona Five Royal came out, and Final Fantasy Seven. You know, you guys know the rest was history when those came out. Uh, so I'll be balancing those two um, until around like Xenoblade uh Chronicles Remaster comes out.
0: Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, very nice,
3: dude. I um, I'm I started
0: Assassin's Creed uh, in February and kind of got a little bit into it and i enjoyed it i definitely liked it more than origins which i wasn't a huge fan of and uh i stopped playing when doom and animal crossing came out and that you know that was it that kind of took over so i would like to get back to it and finish it before um last of us comes out i think that's kind of my benchmark i'd like mm-hmm. to finish by then so i um i finally finished doom
1: i yes, did we I did we that. talk
0: i don't think we talked about this yet not you finishing um, it no. Okay, good. So I, I beat Doom Eternal, and <laughs> as I talked with you know many um, individuals online who also played the game, it is truly a game that needs your attention. It is not a game where you can... And I'm not saying it's, it's one of the most difficult games out there, especially with Rashawn playing Dark Souls 3 here. But it is a difficult shooter, I think. Or a challenging shooter, if you will. And as awesome as it was, I found myself frustrated a lot. And there is one really good reason why. And I texted John as soon as this happened. Um, so if you follow along with the Geekiverse, we played Jedi Fallen Order. And John and I finished only with three stim packs, which are basically three health packs that your character has at any given time, basically to replenish your health. Now, uh, Derek Kramer, who was on the show with us, finished with seven. And why did we put ourselves through such pain and torment? We didn't know any better. Yep. So... I did the same thing, in essence, in Doom Eternal. But the game basically grabbed my face after dying 20 times on the second-to-last boss battle and said, hey, you know you can actually go put on this armor. It's called the Sentinel Armor. It doesn't affect your progression. It's not considered a cheat code. It's just kind of sitting there. It makes it way easier to get through the game. So I was like, son of a bitch. So I, I put it on. And I seriously got back into that boss battle and took them down like there was no tomorrow. Like It felt like I dropped down to the easiest setting. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just played the entire game like this. Granted, in the earlier levels, it wouldn't have mattered so much. But I died a lot in this game if necessary. Because basically, I was playing without armor. I had armor, it just wasn't good armor. So, moral of the story is... I do have a complaint with it, though. It's not accessible through the in-game menu. So if you're in the game and pause it, you can't go put it on or change it. Or you can't even put it on in your hub world. So if there's basically this hub where you go in between missions, not accessible there. It is only accessible from the main menu. There's an option there. Are you kidding me?
1: That's like That's super bizarre. Like before you launch your save. So you would
0: have to exit your game, save it. Yeah go put it on and then jump back. So in. the
1: title screen before you even like launch into your save is where you equip that. Yeah. Very weird.
0: It's a very, very weird thing. I imagine it gets changed at some point with a, an update. Uh, but yeah, so I'm finally, I'm very happy to have that off my plate as much as I enjoyed it. I like the first one uh, from 2016 better. I really have not played animal crossing in probably about a week or so. Uh I'm sure I'll, I'll get the bug to uh, To do that again, but I've really just, if I've logged in at all, it's been just for the stock market. And a lot of times, you know, we're all in these different chats on Facebook and Discord. Um, if I see a good turnip price, I will just screenshot it and send it to Lauren, and she'll just go on for me because odds are she's playing anyway. Uh, so that's that. Um, and then I've actually, because of it being May the Fourth, just ten days ago, I have been Star Wars crazier than normal. You know, I don't know if you guys know this about me. Uh, but I I enjoy Star Wars here and there from time to time.
1: Interesting development. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, you'll you'll I find no out more idea. as <laughs> as we get to know each other. You'll you'll see. But anyway, um, I put Jedi Fallen Order back in because of the the free update, and I hadn't played it since December, and I'm ninety five percent done. So I really have one planet to go to hundred percent this thing. I'm going to do that very soon, um, and then I just went through Battlefront 2's campaign um twenty seventeen Battlefront two yep. to get all the collectibles uh, mm-hmm. super easy it the campaign's like four or five hours, so I had fun going through that again and believe it or not, um right before that, I played the original Battlefront Twos campaign, which I think is one of the best things uh that we lost in the previous Star Wars Canon. It's a really nice story that tells this uh perspective. From um, one of the five zero first clones, who becomes a part of Darth Vader's fist while, once they become the Empire, and it's Tamara Morrison who is Django Fett, and as we know, is now coming uh, to the Mandalorian, which is exciting. And it's just a um, it's a nice campaign that lets you not just play as all the different clone types, uh, but really a drastic number of of heroes. So I've uh, I've enjoyed all of that lately. Uh, last thing i wanted to mention here i could not remember her name so i had to look it up but do you guys know camilla luddington who uh, voices lara croft and does the motion capture for her Mm-hmm. so when i was at e3 two years ago during my tomb raider uh shadow appointment she was literally right next to me like walking in like this happened all the time where like you'd see all of a sudden like a mess of like security people escorting somebody somewhere and she was right next to me like lining up for an interview for something and i was like i was so disappointed that i couldn't really say anything to her and even just say hi let alone get a picture but i'm literally playing tomb raider like you know think of it as like an arcade setup they'd position you there and you'd play off to the side and she was standing right next to me so like i'm playing tomb raider i'm like that's you that's you that's so exciting but yeah that was uh one of my favorite memories for me 3
3: Good hey, stuff up, around, boys. Cops didn't get called on you? Yeah, hey, there's a creepy guy that's like pointing at me. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I had my beard, so I was a little less
0: creepy. They're like, who's this boy? <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, keep up with the Geekiverse on all social media. We want to hear what you're playing these days. Um, and if you're in the Western New York area, we'd love for you to get involved with the Buffalo Gaming Geeks uh, group as well. So we've got nine items on the news list with sub-bullet points. Among those nine, we've got a lot to get to today, as we promised. Big news. uh, Yeah, honestly, the last few weeks have been really, really good for for news in general for gaming. But leading off, we got um, yesterday a really, really nice PS5 tech demo. Uh, This all started from uh, Jeff Keighley's summer game series that he announced. He sent out a press release last week. And this is basically an initiative that throughout the summer will highlight these mini- nintendo direct almost style uh news updates and releases as we get hyped for new games and the new gen systems we got what i thought was an absolutely fantastic ps5 tech demo here with the unreal engine a little bit of explanation in the beginning on it it's only nine minutes long if you guys all watch this
1: oh yeah yep it's incredible Uh, Mm -hmm.
0: yeah john let's let's talk about this for a minute what like give me your thoughts on this thing
1: for sure so if you haven't seen it go watch it it's absolutely incredible try to find um epic games they put out a vimeo link rather than their youtube so through vimeo if you have a 4k display you can watch it on 4k but even the 1080p version on vimeo works looks way better than the youtube version you can get you can get like looks incredible um but i think even you buried the lead a little bit this is more the the bigger news here is that unreal 5 the engine unreal engine 5 is coming I mean that—that's the big news here. That's the big announcement out of the Summer Games Fest uh, presentation. Unreal Engine Five is here, and it is absolutely crazy. The fact that it's that they—they they showed they show that gameplay as PS5 demo was awesome. Um, but this engine is just absolutely phenomenal. Some of the the crazy takeaways. Um, I was watching. Uh, if, if you watch Kind of Funny at all, one of uh, one of the hosts in Kind of Funny is Andy Cortez. He used to do uh, game dev. So he was a developer for Rooster Teeth Games before he got into like the media side of things. And he was just watching along absolutely awestruck, saying how much easier developing a game is going to be with Unreal Engine 5 as opposed to the way it was before. Because from what I understand, and I'm not very technical with this kind of stuff in terms of game development, but... Instead of building assets in Unreal Engine or whatever engine you're working with, you can build them outside of the engine and just import them in full detail. And apparently that's going to allow for some insane, insane level of detail. So they were talking about like the, amount of, the numbers of triangles that you're able to import, which to me just says the, the number of items you can have on the screen at a given time, is just literally, literally limitless now. So you can have, like, they they showed off this, if if you watch the video, go to the section where they talk about, like, this statue. They show you the statue and how incredible the detail is and how it would have taken hours hours and if not weeks to, to sculpt this thing in an engine. And then they go to the next room and there's just dozens of them. And that stuff just wouldn't have been possible without Unreal Engine 5 um that and then all the lighting effects just absolutely insane again can't say it enough watch this video i mean this is what this is what we've been waiting for when it comes to next gen we'll talk about the xbox stuff uh some of the series x gameplay that maybe that we weren't necessarily blown away and we didn't really see what next gen could be this is what next gen can be Uh, unreal engine 5 looks insane um some some bullet points we didn't talk about Epic Games continuing to be good guy. Epic Games, uh, Unreal Engine Five is completely free for indie developers until they make a million dollars in profit on their on their game. Super, super awesome. Epic Games continuing to just do awesome stuff. They've got that Fortnite money and they are using it the right way. Um, I thought there was one more little cool thing they were doing, but I, I lost it. But that that that's huge. They're they're really making some waves here. UE Five is going to be insane.
0: Oh man, it's that I those. The imagery stuck with me, and I, as I'm fumbling for words here, like that was me watching the video. It was just absolutely gorgeous. When uh, when she flies towards the end of it, I was blown away. Like that did not look at all like what you perceive a video game to be. That was insane.
1: Yeah, the way way they're importing these assets, apparently, it's it's like the way that you're going to be using Unreal Engine Five is closer to doing CGI for a movie than it was developing for a video game prior. Like we are closer to movie tech than we are to last-gen game tech with this engine. It's insane.
0: Um uh, Jeff, in, initial reactions on on what we saw there.
2: Yeah, it was just beautiful. Uh you said that sequence at the end that was flying. That was the first thing that jumped out at me. If you hadn't mentioned it, I would have I thought that sequence was absolutely amazing. Um the, like the crumbling pieces of rock and parts of the ruins coming down the way they were animated is just incredible um it you know I, I couldn't have put it into words before but now john the way you said it, it's like closer to cgi than video game graphics that's absolutely true that's like that's an incredibly accurate way to describe it um and then the lighting the lighting was just remarkable in that it's like you know now that i see uh a real demo of this unreal five engine i feel like video games are finally on their way to using ray tracing across the entire medium which is uh, a technique that really hadn't existed before in video games but now that you know now that we're seeing some of what unreal five can do i think ray tracing is finally finally approaching the video game sphere which is going to be very exciting because that kind of those kind of lighting effects are going to be remarkable
0: yeah Rashawn, you uh for the video viewers, you just said your mind was blown rightfully, so right? like let's talk about this thing. What was your initial thought on all of that?
3: uh one of my initial one of the things I said out loud during it was uh in this tech demo, there's a scene where the woman that they're playing as she's using the um basically a light to you know emit light obviously <laughs> it's uh it goes over she's in this tomb uh. And then there's these like cockroaches that are that are swarming away from the light. That's the part where I'm like, I out loud I said that is so disgusting <laughs> <laughs> and creepy, but that's so cool. Um, the amount of stuff they're gonna be able to put in these games, man, is insane. And you know, not to just repeat every single thing that you know John and Jeff just said, but it, it's gonna be incredible. This is what we've been waiting for, uh, for next gen. And the thing that put it in a context for me, um. As you guys know, I have to go in this frame of mind, especially when I hear Unreal Engine 5. The first thing I thought of was Kingdom Hearts 3 and Final Fantasy 7 uh remake. Uh if y'all thought Final Fantasy 7 remake looked good now, when they move these next parts to uh Unreal Engine 5, I don't think maybe if they go part 2, uh that I don't know if that'll be an Unreal Engine 5, but definitely whether that's the final part or the if there's multiple parts after that part 2, however they decide to break that up, That's gonna that's what my head exploded. Um and for like you know, the future of the Kingdom Hearts series being a big fan of that, just seeing uh how that game looks like a Pixar movie as it is. Like it looks like you just pop that in and watch you feel like you're watching a Disney uh watching it on Disney Plus. Um and there's obviously a bunch of other games, but those are the first two that came to mind. But yeah.
0: Yeah, I I um so I jumped back to Jedi Fallen Order after watching that, and it's kind of amazing. Like I instantly felt Pretty much for the first time, I was like, "Wow, I'm kind of done with these, these graphics." And that's funny to say because it's a really good looking game. But seeing that, man, it's all perspective. It's it's so crazy. Once you get that um, taste, man? Yeah, absolutely, and John. You kind of mentioned, you know, burying the lead here. I felt like they just so nonchalantly almost were like Unreal Engine Five, and I was like, was this something that I I missed previously? Like I don't know. It no. just felt like. That should have been the thing that was like, Unreal Engine 5 is here, but it's probably more accessible to the public from a promotional standpoint, I guess, to promote it as a PS5 did, tech demo.
1: Did you watch it live or did you watch the uploaded video after? So I think you missed the... There was like a 30-second minute sit-down with uh, Epic Games people talk, like leading this in. And they were... Yeah, so when this went live in the Summer Games event, uh, they did hype this up as Unreal Engine 5 that I think gotcha. you, you may have missed that part. That might be why you, you got that taste in your mouth.
0: Yeah, I uh, I just watched the video back, but incredible. Uh, I I was already ex- getting excited for next gen, but I think the hype is starting to build for me. Yeah, and once you actually um,
1: see what it can do, it's just like, now, now you just want it. Um, quick note, uh, it looks like they're going to be releasing it to developers next year, 2021. And one of the first confirmed things to come to UE5 is going to be Fortnite. They're migrating Fortnite from UE4 to... The fifth, the five engine, so that'll be crazy.
0: Yeah, no, no better way for them to show that off, no doubt. Uh, moving on to number two here, Jeff. Uh, we got some Nintendo news, including uh, a nice little drop today that might feed into some of the Mario rumors we've we've been hearing lately.
1: Uh-oh. We'll <laughs> <laughs> uh Oh, who's Jeff? You might or, have, or he's super yes, speechless.
0: No. Do you hear me? Yes, Jeffrey. <laughs> I think we got
1: him back. Jeff. Uh, oh, oh no! Wait, you just shifted. Wait, Jeff. He's in and out. What's happening? <laughs> the Brady Bunch. You guys should All see right, this on, folks, the, on the other screen where it's like the actual boxes. This is this is actually really fun to watch. The viewers are have really something <laughs> cool to look at. Um, yeah. Jeff, you're coming back, Jeffrey. Do you hear us? I, I pulled it
2: pull the josiah yeah you hear me
0: there we go oh don't call the josiah how dare you (laughs) damn it all right okay so so you
2: do hear me is what you're saying yeah we got you
0: i do now um we were leading into and you left me hanging but nintendo news there's a lot going on and today we got a really nice drop on uh what could lead into some of the rumors of the mario games being true later this year so why don't you talk about that a little bit yeah
2: uh We all woke up to something pretty surprising. Um, Paper Mario, the Origami King for the Switch is coming out in two months. Uh, So July 17th is the release date. Brand new game. Looks really, really cool. Um, Paper Mario is kind of a tricky subject over the last few years. Uh, Sticker Star and Color Splash met with kind of mixed reactions from fans. Uh, whereas, you know, the first couple of games, the one on N64 and the Thousand Year Door on GameCube, are regarded as two of the greatest games, uh, at least greatest Mario games of all time. Um, but I think this one looks really, really fun. Uh, it looks like you're going to have Bowser as a companion at some point, and then some of his minions. So, Baby Bowser, Magic Koopas, Bob um, a couple Toads are with you too at some point. It started with that really creepy intro that was like a creepy pasta kind of uh cut scene but that's just that's just another example of how great the writing is in the uh, paper mario games they're easy they have some of the greatest scripts of any nintendo game they're just loaded with so many great jokes and uh pop culture references uh so i'm really excited for this one and like i said you know two months away only that that's so refreshing to get a reveal for a game and not have to wait a year or two for it to come
0: out now so i've i realized in watching this trailer then I really know next to nothing about Paper Mario. I've never played any <laughs> of the games. Um, and I'll probably dive in at some point. I don't know if it'll be Jul- July 17th, because Ghost of Tsushima is coming out the same day, and I'm all about that, which, you know, we'll get to. Uh, but Rashan or John,
3: did this move the needle for you guys or get you hyped at all?
1: Go ahead, Rashawn. I got much to say about that.
3: Okay, um... Not necessarily hyped, but um, I'm optimistic. I mean, it intrigued me. Um, I'm not I'm not going to pretend to be like a big Paper Mario guy or anything like that, but I did play a Thousand Year Door and really liked it. Um, I didn't play any of their recent ones, so I don't have a lot of the stig- the negative stigma that it seems like a lot of the Nintendo fan base has uh, towards those games. Uh, and some of them are approaching this with, uh, you know, they're, they're a little bit more cautious or they're you know, they're excited, but they're like, uh, I don't know. Um, I'm seeing a lot of that on... Uh, you know all all the websites like twitter and whatnot um but yeah i'm ready for it uh that's we're gonna have a great day man ghosts at least for me because i'll i'm intrigued enough to at least pick up this paper mario you know pick it back up after you know over a decade for me uh but yeah between ghosts and that streams are gonna be pretty fun
0: (laughs) no yeah i'm excited about that uh and of course, so, and of course,
2: like even if you're not excited about the, the game itself, just the announcement is really cool because this kind of you know this is the first step in confirming that big Mario rumor from a while back that was you know to celebrate Mario's 35th anniversary. And paper and Mario, Mario was in that remasters of. Yes, yeah. Paper the, the part of the rumor was that there was going to be a brand new Paper Mario for Switch, uh, and then the rest of it was that we we're going to get like a remaster of every 3D Mario game for Switch. Um, so you know. Like I said, once, you know, one step down, hopefully the rest come out soon.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm really, really intrigued to see the rest of those dominoes fall, honestly, because there's a few games we talked about that I'm dying to kind of play through the first time, uh, honestly. So we also heard, um, you know, there's going to be no Nintendo Direct in June. We're We're kind of hoping that was not the case. But hey, if we're getting small announcements like this, that's totally fine. You know, I'm good with that. Jeff, you wanted to mention just a few of the really outstanding game sales uh, figures that had come out recently from Nintendo. If you have those handy, why don't you go through yep. a few of those?
2: I do. So Nintendo released their quarterly report um, mm-hmm. detailing sales figures from June, sorry, January 1st through March 30th. Um, the big one is Animal Crossing New Horizons putting up 13.41 million copies sold in the first six weeks. So, reference that has now outsold the lifetime sales of the next two highest-selling games in the series, uh, Wild World and New Leaf, which were 11.75 million and 12.45 million, respectively. So, it's it's just as massive as we expected it to be.
0: Yeah, I even put in you know our Discord chat when you said that. I was like, that's not surprising, but still holy crap like that's that's just insane <laughs> it's crazy like, everybody it, right? it feels like it's playing it yeah it's yeah yeah and again has uh, it, the other has it officially Sword? been
3: two months for animal crossing release or no it hasn't even been two no. months
0: uh, it'll be may 20th no. well, yeah. yeah
2: and the sales that nintendo like the figures that nintendo released, were for the first six weeks of it so it went <laughs> off through like the first week of may like it doesn't include this last week then um I, you know, it's going to have to slow down at some point, especially because Pokemon DLC is coming out next month and Pokemon sword and shield continue to do really big numbers too. that put up 1.31 million in this first quarter. So sword and shield are up to a combined 17.37 million, which is also outrageous. Those are huge, huge numbers. It's about to overtake breath of the wild, which had a three year lead on it. Yeah. Wow. So that that really just goes to show Pokemon selling power as well. Um a couple more that were notable. Smash Ultimate put up another million. So that's it. It's it's approaching 19 million copies sold. Uh another huge one. The one that really impressed me the most is Mario Kart 8 it sold just under 2 million copies. So that's now at almost 25 million copies sold. And this is basically a re-release. It wasn't even a brand new Mario Kart game. That's a that perfect was just a, you know, a big game. little bit bigger version of I mean, yeah, that too. I'm still playing it to this day. (laughs) Um, But it's just that one really blows my mind because it has a legitimate chance to be the highest selling Mario Kart game in the whole series. And the highest selling one is Mario Kart Wii that has 37.32 million copies. Just the fact that this even has a shot at doing that blows my mind because I never would have thought another Mario Kart game could top Mario Kart Wii. You know, that was the one that had the Wii wheel accessory. So even people who didn't, even people who had never played a Mario Kart game were interested in buying it just for the accessory to have it. A lot of casual gamers were picking that up. That's why it puts up, you know, over 37 million copies. And now Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which, like I said, isn't even a brand new game, it's just a bigger version of Mario Kart 8 from the Wii U it's it's closing in on 25 million copies now um breath of the wild did another million that one is also super impressive it's a three-year-old game a console exclusive no less that does a million you you don't see that happen too often uh splatoon 2 crossed 10 million copies sold that's awesome for such a young franchise that's that's just the start of what splatoon is doing that that's going to be one of nintendo's biggest franchises going forward i think
0: yeah, impressive all-round. It's amazing what a good install base will do for you, right? And they've yep. really had yep. very few, if any, missteps um, in this generation, I would say. So far, so good. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, shifting gears here over to Xbox Series X. Uh, last week, we got an inside Xbox with uh, some kind of gameplay, some cinematics, a little bit all over the place. Uh, the perception of the, I guess inside Xbox episode if you will was really hurt by how it was presented to us before it, it dropped and um, I think had it been marketed a little bit differently fans wouldn't have been so meh over everything that we saw here nothing to me that was terribly of, of note or consequence here we did see a little bit of uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla um, uh, there's another game that I I kind of liked uh, the one that looks it was relatively early on it was a shooter i'll have to scroll through the notes here um scorn looked kind of interesting not not my you know type of game but um overall thoughts on on what we saw in this first inside xbox john
1: yeah i'm with you i thought it was underwhelming um we saw a lot of so to kind of just go back to what you said about the expectations we knew it was going to be a third party only event so we knew that we're only seeing third party titles and, and, and right before that, they confirmed that we're going to be seeing Microsoft Game Studios or Xbox Game Studios debut their stuff in July. So my, my biggest question was like, not even seeing what this was yet. Why are you doing this? Why give us a third parties now? and so little of these third parties kind of no big announcements for the most part we already knew assassin's creed Valhalla was announced we didn't get much gameplay out of it we didn't get any gameplay out of it i'm sorry that's not what that was that was just a cinematic um so yeah my biggest question is why do this now show us these this this random hodgepodge of third parties that really didn't move the needle for anybody and then come at it with the the first parties in july why not just put them all together and make a better event (laughs) weird to me to space it out um nothing blew me away I, I didn't think anything was that impressive uh, i don't have the list of games in front of me you can you can find i mean it was like six or seven games that i think mm-hmm. we were all there to see assassin's creed valhalla gameplay like actual behind the controller gameplay and we didn't get that so that was kind of like what are we here for
0: yeah it's it's a little bit of a, a momentum dip for them because they've they've done everything right so far i feel like and this one um i don't think it hurt them a ton but really the yeah. perception is all right we we really need something to get back on, uh, on the train for that. Yakuza is a nice and, uh, you know, thing to include there, but they had stuff like Madden in there and dirt five. And, and those are, are kind of tried and true sequels, which you, you know what you're getting to an extent. Um, I will say I appreciated that, uh, a, you know, pretty much every other franchise or game that was shown off was, was new or a new IP in some way, shape or form or new to Xbox at least. So, um, I think that's a good thing, and they did a good job showcasing that, but past that, nothing really too exciting to write home about, because let's face it, if we're getting Halo Infinite in November or whenever this launches, it's kind of amazing how little we've seen of it still. Um, so I'm with you, yeah. John. Yeah, for all intents and purposes, nothing. To not have, um, I guess, let off with your your the reason you exist as a brand... Uh, is is kind of interesting so to save that for july it, we'll all be super excited when it finally drops but here we're sitting with kind of a mediocre taste i guess so it is what it is we'll talk about uh the next month episode uh once microsoft drops that we got a bunch of star wars news on may the 4th uh some really good non-gaming news which we'll get to on other Uh, Geekiverse podcast. But uh, we've got some nice updates here. Jedi Fallen Order got some free DLC, basically in the form of an update, which you can do some trials. Um, I was kind of amazed at uh, how you can basically create setup, not like the maze, but like battle scenarios for friends or or other people online. Like that is not anything I anticipated in a game like this. It's probably not something I'll dabble in either because I'm just not creative when it comes to stuff like that. But hey, it's a free, a free bit of DLC. You can't go wrong there. Uh, Vader Immortal is coming to PSVR. That is definitely a, a big get for PlayStation. And that's coming uh, this July, I believe. And then uh, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga, finally got a release date. Uh, it's coming October 20th, which is great for me, John, because I've got it in our Fantasy Games League. Yeah, so you, you need that. You look at that. that i got star wars to get a date and then the unannounced assassin's creed game so uh, things are starting to turn for me maybe you know scores will dictate later we'll see
1: you you have psvr's iron man don't you correct yeah that was supposed to come out tomorrow and i just learned literally a few hours ago that it's not coming out tomorrow it's apparently coming out in july now or yes july? <laughs> yeah, like that. yeah i didn't i didn't get that memo so i was like oh looking for a new score tomorrow no not tomorrow
0: <laughs> yeah yeah um so uh, th- as a Star Wars fan, I love every little bit of Star Wars news. As I just you know, told you guys earlier, I may dabble in Star Wars from time to time. But uh, I love the Lego Star Wars games. That is my like guilty pleasure game. I love those games so much. They're easy. You kind of just go through. They're charming. They're fun. Obviously geared towards family slash uh, kids. So I am really excited to play through all of those, especially Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. Uh, this fall. So that's exciting. Uh, this one I thought was was pretty notable. We are not getting a lot of traffic the week of E3 without E3 happening. I think I was secretly hoping for a bunch of virtual conferences and Nintendo Direct style, um, inside Xbox, you name it, State to Play. Uh, so far, we haven't heard a ton on that. However, EA Play is still happening, the dates that it, it would have anyway, uh, which is going to be June 8th and 9th, I believe. I'm sure we'll get our typical run of the mill with Madden and FIFA and all their, their sports titles, but I'm interested to see if we get anything past that. Um, I think more, are are you guys surprised that we're not hearing more uh, developers do this or presenters that typically would present at E3 at this time? Because why not deliver something? It, it would cost them far less than it typically would have to do that anyway. Um, you can kind of do a lot of that from home. If so, if the quarantine's an issue, you can still work on those together. Um, I guess you know, circling around. Are you guys surprised?
3: Don't no we think because that, I still. Thi- oh, sorry, Jeff. No, go ahead. Don't we think that uh, basically summer games Fest is kind of our, uh, even though it's very spread out? I think that kind of is uh, what we're what we're going to expect. I mean, the forum that they're kind of going for is that they're just going to one at a time go there. Hey, show us what you got, what you're working on. At least that way you get, you know, you won't have your, uh, again, they'll just have their own forum to kind of go off of. I think, I think that's kind of what we're going to get. It's not going to be again, uh, you know, and it's not going to be spread out over a month or a week and we're just going to get hit over the head with announcement, 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 announcement. I think it'll just be very spread out. That's fine,
0: and I like um, that. That Jeff Keeley is is kind of heading that up. I've always appreciated what he does for gaming, and um, whether it's the Game Awards or his participation at E three Coliseum, all of that. I, you know, his enthusiasm and passion for what we love in in just games in general is, is always struck a nice chord with me. Uh, Jeff, you were saying something about this as well. I was. I was to say I'm not surprised that other.
2: That, that like more developers aren't putting on a show or anything like that, just because of the constraints that the work from home environment has. One of the biggest problems with work from home is that you can't share data internally like you could if you were all working in a central office. It has to be mm. shared through the internet. Sharing it through the internet is not only slower, it also opens it up to the risk of being accessed by the public in some capacity. And if developers weren't cautious about leaks before, they sure as heck are now after what happened with the Last of Us Part Two.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that they absolutely make sense. Very valid points there. It's not the most convenient, and it is definitely risky. Without you know, without a doubt. And like um, you know,
2: just with Nintendo for example, Japan's still in a state of emergency, and it's expected that it's going. You know, they was they're in a state of emergency technically until May thirty first. That's expected to release a little bit earlier but that entire country is in a state of emergency so they're not doing anywhere near the work that they would have before you know sony as well companies like capcom square they're all not work. they're not working they're not functioning as efficiently as they were in the past
0: i think um phil spencer was talking to an outlet this week and said we're not going to see the impact so much on games that are about to come out this year because a lot of it can can be done remotely um not the most effective way but it can be next year you know scheduled 2021 releases are the ones that are going to be affected more predominantly because it's motion capture it's stuff you've got to be in the same room for in a lot of cases exactly interested to see what happens i think we'll still have a nice holiday gaming season here we're still getting some nice release dates we'll see how far that production gets pushed back as we get into next year um John, PlayStation has kind of rebranded one of the aspects of its gaming division here.
1: Yeah. So Why don't you talk
0: a little bit about that?
1: Random announcement the other day. was that I think it was Monday. It might have been Tuesday. But earlier this week, we got a random YouTube video upload. Even before they had a press release out or they had a PlayStation blog post that uh, Sony is rebranding their uh, game development studios. And they're now called PlayStation Studios rather than Sony Worldwide Studios, which has always felt a little, you know, it was a mouthful. And it was a little bit of a, a an old 90s Name for for a software company so it makes a lot of sense it's a lot cleaner just like we have uh microsoft studios uh playstation studios nice and clean makes a lot of sense we got a cool little graphic so uh, you're going to get a new splash logo anytime you have a first party developed uh, playstation game you're popping in you're going to see that new playstation studios logo that's on the youtube looking pretty cool um not a major announcement but something fun i'm always I'm always a sucker for clean branding. Anytime Apple would put out like a device that's called like the new iPad or something like that. And and they just absolutely botch the title. I get so frustrated that they just don't have clean names. So clean branding, I'm I'm a sucker for. So, you know, I like this.
0: Yeah, me too. I love stuff like that. And we talked about it pre-show when I was blasting it through your speakers accidentally. But watching that that graphic uh, reminds me very much of what we see with like the MCU. Once we got uh, maybe like, 10, 12 movies in where it showed these clips um, and this montage through all the previous movies. And that's a little bit what we got here. We saw some Uncharted, last of us um, horizon in there. And I thought it was really nicely done. And I'm with you. I like that. It's nice and clean. There's no confusion. If there was that it's, you know, Sony is a, a big brand name that does a lot of things. PlayStation is a gaming console. That's what it is. And now they're dedicated to that. So kudos to them for, for doing something like that. Also, uh moving on to bullet point number seven here, we got uh speaking of Sony, a few bullet points on the The Last of Us Part two. First of all, uh news came out that the allegedly the leaker is not uh someone that was associated with Naughty Dog or Sony. Probably good news, I'd say. Sure. You know, not that this uh, makes the situation a lot better, but I- now um the perceptions a little bit better,
1: yeah, I think it's bittersweet news because it's 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 good and it's bad for naughty dog because we we, we talked about it last episode that they they've had those concerns with their workplace environments uh, we, we've heard that before we've heard that be brought up. It's it's good to know that this isn't a result of that. This isn't a, a disgruntled employee mad over the, the overtime they worked in the Last of Us Part Two and all those weird rumors that we read when the when this first got leaked, kind of you know refueled that fire that maybe Naughty Dog is not the best place to work. It is good to see that that's not the case. Hopefully they've been addressing that kind of stuff. Um, very interesting the way that Naughty Dog handled it once all of these leaks came out. Other than saying we're sorry that that information is out there, they never commented on the fact that everybody was reporting that it was a disgruntled worker. They were very quiet about that, which kind of told me that we didn't have the full story. So once we came out and we we got the solidified details that this was a hack on their server, uh, I believe if I'm remembering correctly, it was an old game that was like an unsecure patch that they left out there and somebody was able to access their servers via an old game patch. So that's how somebody got in. Um, Once we got that story broken, Neil Druckmann came out and, and made a little statement. It was almost like a quip like, Guys, like this isn't us. We're not, you know, we're not crazy over here. We're not working people to death anymore, maybe. But good and bad for for what's going on. Sucks that they got hacked into. Uh, maybe is kind of towards Jeff's point that working from home isn't really the the safest situation, data wise. But you know, could have been worse.
0: Yeah, I think uh in most cases, in a lot of stuff like this, especially with real um, high traffic news, that we'll never know the full story on it. Um, so you know. Who knows what the real specifics are on this? Sure. Um, maybe it's true. Maybe it's a cover-up. We'll never know. You like to believe a company, especially one that is uh, putting out such quality products as Naughty Dog. But um, hopefully, that's not the case. Hopefully, uh, like you said, they're they're cleaning up their act a little bit. There as as we move forward, uh, we we did get a part two uh, trailer as well. Um, I'm sorry to keep jumping back to you, John, but you're the Last of Us guy here. Yeah. So give me your your hot take on the trailer
1: yes yeah, so it, it was i think it was the first one that they officially called a story trailer so it was the last of us part two story trailer i would assume it's the last big trailer or piece of promotional content other than their little like weekly series we're going to get to that we're going to get um before the game comes out it was good i i didn't want it when it, when it launched and we got it's kind of just a random uh, random pop-up upload i'm like ah, i'm gonna watch it because it's there but I, I really wish we wouldn't have had it. i kind of just want to Hop into the game, knowing, knowing what I, you know, knew before this trailer. Um, obviously, no, no spoilers. The Naughty Dog is good about keeping their their stuff under wraps, but um, it was good. It got me excited. Um, man, this is going to be a dark game. That's that's my biggest takeaway from that trailer. Is like this. This is not going to be fun to play at all. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna. <laughs> it's gonna be a great experience. I'm sure, and it's it's gonna really. It's gonna be a profound experience. But I don't know if it's gonna be fun to play. <laughs>
0: Yeah, John. When we spoiler cast that, it's gonna be somber. I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, and that's fine. You know, games don't always have to be that uh, joyous, uh, you know, upbeat experience. It sounds awful to say, but no, it's
1: uh, it's art. I mean, it's it, you know, you, you, it is art. Movies do the same thing, even music to yep. an extent. You know, they they provoke the same kind of stuff. So it's you know, it, it, in this medium, you have to have somebody going there. So Naughty Dog is, you know, they're doing it.
0: I always appreciated the notion that they kind of grew up with their fans in a way, sure. you know, you, you go back to the days of crash bandicoot, which you could consider not in a knocking way, but that it was childish. Right. And then you, you go through other games throughout the years and you get to uncharted. And then you get to last of us. And this is a step past uncharted in terms of how it's presented and in the tone of it. Um, we are so the last part on Last of Us Part 2 here is we're getting a, a weekly series in the lead up uh one episode a week or one video a week uh kind of behind the scenes. And we talked about this on other shows regarding what Disney Plus is doing with The Mandalorian and showing behind the scenes on that. I love that kind of stuff. So these I I think I'm going
1: to tune into or watch it at some point here. Did you watch um, the first one? I no, I have not yet. I did. It's interesting. It's it's pretty quick. Um they actually do kind of give you more plot confirmations than a trailer would have so there i mean like stuff that we, we all could have kind of just guessed with context clues nothing specific but the they kind of do talk about a few story beats obviously the, you don't know what's going on still and you know for the the grand scheme of things but they got a little bit further than i thought they would um it was really interesting i, I wouldn't say avoid it uh, definitely watch it it's, it's it's really good stuff but i'm i'm fully team give neil Druckmann a microphone and i'm gonna listen i i can listen to neil Druckmann talk about anything forever i love that dude
0: so another man, I've just all these good E3 memories. So I was in the room for that uh, Sony 2018 press conference, and that was just totally bizarre because we're all in there and we're like, "What is going on?" They didn't say a word. Um, as we were being filtered out to the next room, we had to walk through like these basically like outdoor tarped tunnels and walkways to get. It was bizarre, and we walk into where Ghost of Toshima was about to be playing uh, with like the LED screens everywhere and, and how they had it set up, but before I walked out, um, in the they had like the church pews set up for certain people to sit in. There were a few people there, and one of them was Neil Druckmann, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" So really, again, we're being filtered on. We're moving on, and I was literally right next to him as he's sitting there. And I just put my hand on his shoulder real quick and I said. It looks wonderful, man. Congratulations! That's and awesome. he just kind of looked at me and, and nodded. And to me, like that means the world. I love for, I live for that stuff. That just to, you know, to see that guy, and like Camilla, like she's there, she's right there. I love that. Cool. I'll always be a fanboy. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm glad that you're you're digging it so far, John. I'm I'm going to dive into that uh, uh, probably tonight. Actually, after we we do our MCU review. Jeff, I have to come to you with the next bit of news. Uh, Lord of the Rings. Ta-da. So, uh, Lord of the Rings Gollum, which is a totally off-the-wall, random yeah. game to me. that I, I don't even remember when this was announced, but I was like, oh. I don't, I don't either. <laughs> Sweet, because I love the, the shadow of games. Um, this is interesting. We got some screenshots here of Gollum. It's all based on... Tolkien's story as opposed to the Peter Jackson movies from what we we've heard um, he doesn't really look that far off from what we've seen in the in the movies here any, any insight any takes here I know you're uh, Lord of the Rings is your baby man like that's that's your go-to I
2: I'm really kind of indifferent to this because I don't feel like Gollum is the most suitable character to get his own game you know maybe like a mini game maybe like a you know a low budget 2d side-scroller not not a full blockbuster like
0: this it's weird to me and i honestly don't know like what kind of game is this i've heard like stealth action but i don't know like i
2: said i'm just kind of (laughs) to this i got i I, I got really i got no attachment to this whatsoever and same but i know know, i'm gonna
0: play it which is a shame really
2: i I don't even know if i'm gonna play it
0: (laughs) yeah i can't say that i know that i probably will though so (laughs) If I remember one of the screenshots it looks like there's a decision that you can make whether like cuz you're in Gollum's head I, I would imagine right and he's always like I should do this no you shouldn't do that it's a scary place to be oh gosh um so I it would be suitable I think if it was like a telltale game where it was smaller and episodic sure. and hey, you're paying 5 bucks an episode or whatever which is still kind of weird but Rashawn, like what all right tell us what what are you thinking of this
3: <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, um, this uh, do we got a good rant coming? No, it, okay. it's it's not worth that. It's just why I don't <laughs> I don't I don't know what's going on. Um, you could have made out of the the universe that you have with Lord of the Rings. You could have took any other character, And gave them a game, L- literally anybody, and it would have made more sense than a <laughs> tree beard. game it, 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 lit, literally, uh, at least that you could. Uh, I, I mean, it, oh, that'd be awesome. What are you talking about? That'd be no, great. no, that's that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm like, that <laughs> would be, be better start- than this. Like, hell I yeah. I, I don't know what what you're gonna do with with this game, and, and and the worst part is the concept. Already, initially, I was already like, oh, whatever. Oh, this is you know silly. But then the screenshots, man. My, it doesn't God. look great. No, I,
0: I mean it's just screenshots, but.
3: Yeah, it just doesn't, it does, it looks, it almost, it looks like, to be honest, the screenshots look like a late gen, uh, PS3, Xbox 360 game. I
0: was thinking the the same thing. The
3: screenshots don't even look current gen. Um, Mm -hmm. again, obviously with everything, I always take the, let's see gameplay, but to Jeff's point, I don't think I'm buying this for 60 for $60.
2: And if they're like, if they're trying to go with like a family-friendly route on this, because I mean, the 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 art direction is it's a little colorful, it's it's a little cutesy. If they're trying to go with that Gollum is not the right character for that tone. Gollum is an incredibly disturbing and tragic character. That's that's not like a better a better one would maybe be like Tom Bombadil, for example, who wasn't in the Lord of the Rings movies. So this would have been a really cool way to uh, use him in a different medium and adapt his story.
0: I think it's tough to go into the movie territory with these. Like I always felt that way with star Wars to an extent, but that's my opinions changed over time with how much star Wars media we have, but with Lord of the Rings, like don't touch that trilogy. And I guess they're technically not, but really they are going to draw from it in some way, shape or form, whether they like to admit it or not. So I don't know. Kind of a weird one. We'll we'll see what happens there. I am intrigued. Uh, I Again, I love the shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War games. Those were some of my favorites from this generation that um I don't talk enough about, and I remember uh Gollum was in one of them as a side like mission character, and that was kind of fun that the was first appropriate. One, I believe yeah, first one, okay, that was good. you know it made sense uh, to be your own character. We'll see the last news item we've got here for you is um. Honestly, my Facebook feed is all about this. This is like, you know, it's not Animal Crossing big, of course, what is right now, but I see a lot of people who have either not gamed in a long time or just really aren't more than a gamer to a year kind of person, you're you're casual gamer, getting hyped about this. Uh, Tony Hawk 1 and 2 are being remastered, coming in a collection uh, September 4th. So we talked about this a few months back uh, about Activision rumors that we. Uh, well it wasn't a rumor we knew that there were going to be remasters they said that that they were going to be diving into this backlog we just didn't know what Um, and I believe we speculated that Tony Hawk was going to be there looks beautiful the trailer brings back such nostalgia John uh, were you a, a, a Tony Hawk guy back in the day?
1: Absolutely so I would say before the original Xbox came out and Halo came around Tony Hawk is absolutely what defined me as a gamer back then I was all about these games man the the tony hawk series is like it, it's for sure my roots in gaming that's where i put the most hours uh tony hawk pro skater one for the n64 then tony hawk pro skater 2x for the original xbox like hundreds and hundreds of hours and i have such good memories of those games just hanging out with my friends playing sp- split screen just going for high scores beating the game playing a spider-man all this awesome stuff the tony hawk games are oh, yes. are super super near and dear to my heart I, lo- I love that franchise i i loved it all the way up until like Tony Hawk's Project 8, which I believe was a launch title for the Xbox 360, if not a launch title, came out pretty quickly after. Then the the series kind of, you know, went to shit after that, but I... <laughs> I mean, it's, it got, it got bad. It got bad. It's dark out there. So to see that, I can't believe
0: that you stayed that long. That's
1: pretty good. I I mean, like skating even was a huge part of my life for a long time. So, I mean, culturally, these games are super important. Uh, The, the, what they did for music back then, like games were not doing that. They weren't introducing music to people's lives. Like Tony Hawk was Uh, to see them treat this game the way they are uh they so before they made this announcement they had like a press junket with uh, a bunch of different members of the media and there's tons and tons of information out there that was embargoed until they made this announcement so, uh but the interview seem super promising uh this team is dedicated to the look the feel and the soundtrack of the original two games so they are going they they said that they can't promise a 100 percent complete soundtrack but they are like that's their goal Due to licensing. We all know the music yep. industry is just absolutely insane with that kind of stuff, especially back then. All that stuff, like there's probably stuff. There's probably songs that nobody owns anymore at this point. Like that's just like that's the way it is. Um, so, but they're trying. They're going for every every song. They know how important that is. Um, they remade. They they've done this before. They they've they've repackaged uh, the Tony Hawk One and Two and, and put it in a collection. It was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater HD. I think it was an Xbox 360, PS3 title. It was downloadable. It was horrible. It, it I mean, they, they had the right idea, but they just broke the game mechanically. It did not feel like Tony Hawk 2, which is the gold standard, in my opinion. Um, I mean, obviously, Tony Hawk 3 added the, added the uh, revert, and then Tony Hawk 4 added being able to level yourself out and spine transfer. So some great additions after that. But I think the gold standard for the way the game is supposed to feel is Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. We're getting that. Um, it's super cool. We we've seen these remasters come out lately and absolutely just hit home runs. Whether it's something like something on the scale of a Final Fantasy or like Crash Bandicoot and Spyro, they're just giving the they're just treating these these awesome nostalgic games with respect. And I'm super super happy to see Tony Locke finally get that treatment.
0: John, is this uh, Vicarious Visions that's doing this one? Do we know? I, no, uh, they... I
1: I know the information's out there, but I do not know.
0: Okay, so they they did the Crash uh, Insane trilogy, which truly was a, a beautiful ground up remake that captured the essence of that original trilogy, but really made it feel fresh at the same time. That's sure. a really tough line to, to balance there. Um, it is like Activision. It, okay. Activision's just crushing it with these, whether it, like you said, it was Spyro or crash or now this, um, that's really exciting. I, I definitely had Tony Hawk, uh, the original for the original PlayStation played a, a ton of that. um, I don't think I owned Tony Hawk Two. I know I played quite a bit of it with my, uh, my best friend. Oh my God. School too. He, he owned it. I don't think I ever did. Um, and then the same with three and we probably played even more three. Um, I just like the, the level for us was the cruise ship. always played on that. And of course we had the cheat code for Darth Maul like that. We, we just, you know, we would spend hours playing that just on that same level, all over the place. Um, Jeff or, or Rashawn does uh, does this hit home for either of you guys? Yeah, I'm excited.
3: I'm down. Rashawn, uh, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not I'm not necessarily excited. Um, I did play one, two, and Underground, and I remember having good times with those games. Um, you know. Is this something I'll pick up day one? Is this day one? Is this a pre-order thing for me? No, it's nice that again we, they they got plenty of people excited about it though.
0: Yeah, the internet, like I said, my social media is is all over with it, and I love seeing that enthusiasm. Nostalgia is always fun, especially when it comes to video games. So that's exciting. I think that's a nice kickoff to kind of like that fall gaming season. Um, we'll, we'll yeah, see nice little that.
3: remaster to start. I feel like we're getting those a lot now. Didn't Crash come out in the? Was that a fall? one of the was that fall or was that spring maybe uh remember. it was it was june of 20... okay.
0: seventeen, i want to say and and then, no. i think
1: you're right no i remember it was you're right you're you're right it I was remember. also summer when they I brought in the remember. switch as well they, it was a couple of years if not just a year there's yeah the switch release was also. I, I think it was july
0: i do own it for switch and for ps4 so it's only a matter of time before i get the xbox one and just go through for the achievements <laughs> um my sister has it actually for Xbox one, which is great. There you go. And then, um, Spyro was the year after I want to say, but that was, I think was, um, like October, Spyro November. Was,
3: uh, yeah. That was November of 2018.
0: Uh, that, it- and it's funny because I never went through the original Spyro games. I had the original on like a demo disc from Pizza Hut or something. Everyone and I played. That, yep. Same here, dude. Yeah. Everybody, everybody had that demo. Tomb Raider like, was on there,
1: Parappa the Rapper, and then Spyro. I played. And I, I never <laughs> owned Spyro either. I just played it. I played that first level on the demo disc. Yep.
0: And it's funny, like that was enough for me, you know, almost 20 years later to be like, yeah, I'm definitely going to pick that up day one.
3: <laughs> we I actually got to- a
0: review copy of it, which was awesome.
3: I have to say, not to go too off-topic, but since you brought it up with Spyro, um, when that came out, I was excited for that collection, and uh, one and two are platinum. Then I got to go back to three to get that too. Nice, of
0: course they are. How many? <laughs> do you know off the top of your head how many platinums you have?
3: Remake was my last one, so that I think I'm either at twenty-two or twenty-three. It's one. It's one of those two numbers. It's killer. But I, I will yeah. say you have to subtract. Subtract like four or five because Telltale games, so maybe eighteen, uh, seventeen, because those Telltale games don't count. They, they get count. a platformer playing the game. They, they, hey, they count. You get I get uh, well, you get it. You get it. All right, I'll take Telltale
0: and Lego games count. It's okay.
3: <laughs> just saying. <laughs>
0: All right, guys. So really, really nice news uh, over the last two weeks here. We'll see what the next two weeks holds. Usually this is a crazy video game time. I think we are going to get some good news here as we move forward. But uh, we want to know for you, the listeners, the watchers at home, what is the uh, most important news item? What were you most hyped about? Leave it in the comment section below. We're going to wrap this episode up Uh, for Geek Scott game, which is now in a bi-weekly format. We're really excited about it. We'd like to talk video games here at the Geekiverse, so it only makes sense to talk more about them. We'll wrap things up with our usual where can we find you on social media and what can you plug for the Geekiverse? So, Mr. Baba Yaga.
1: John, yeah, what, <laughs> what uh, what's going on? Uh, so I'm at at disruptoid on all socials. You can find me there. Uh, listen to my my mediumly hot takes on baseball, beer, video games, that kind of stuff. Uh, tune in to MCU reviewed. That's a, that's the show we're rocking with on uh, the Geekiverse right now. We are doing it. Iron Man Two. We're recording directly after this. Um, so for 23 weeks, once a week, we are posting a review video for an MCU. We're going obviously straight in order. We're ranking them. We're reviewing them. It's a ton of fun. Uh, it has been it has been a project we've been wanting to do for a while. So we're happy. We're finally diving in. Um, yeah. So if you want to watch that, we'd be, we'd really appreciate it. Cause we're having fun with it.
0: I, and any excuse to rewatch the MCU is a good one. Yeah. Um, not that you need one, but, uh, real quick, the series is sponsored by fantastic. Uh, so you, we'll talk more about them on the, on the show, but I don't know if you guys have watched the premiere of Dadcast yet, but towards the end, uh, Tim is wearing a, a shirt that says Ya Dig, which is uh, based on Stefan Diggs, the newest Buffalo Bill, or one of the newest Buffalo Bills. And he didn't know where... It was a gift. He didn't know where the shirt had come from. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that that is from Dell, who is the the guy behind Fantastic and 26 shirts. And uh, so he pulls it around and he's looking at the tag and sure enough, it says 26 shirts in there. That's all, and yeah, we had that's just awesome. been talking about you know, MCU re- review before that. So I love that. Absolutely. Awesome. Mr. Jeff Pavlock, what's going on in your world?
2: You find me on Twitter at Jeffrey Povs and on Instagram, Jeff Pavlock. If you want to see some pro wrestling opinions that you'll probably disagree with, you can check out our Mount Rushmore of pro wrestling article that just went up the other day. Uh, a couple of us contributed naming our top four professional wrestlers as far as influence on the industry.
0: That has spurred on some debate, to I had, say the yes least. Yes, it has. I had yes to just lock
1: and key. I'm like, I, I am out of my league here. I have opinions, but I do not, I have no right to, to spew them. So I've just shut my mouth.
0: Come on, John. Nope. I want to see you get in there. I can't, I can't. Ah, <laughs> uh, Rashawn, where are you when you're not busy working on your next platinum?
3: Ah, I like that one. Um, You can find me me still on here at the Geekiverse, uh, whether it's um, on this show, on um, our monthly Disney Plus podcast, um, or on the MCU Reviewed, of course. Uh, Twitter and Twitch, you can find me at TrueKingZero. Um, Twitch, right now, again, we're going to be streaming some uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and um, I'll probably even throw in my uh, Dark Souls 3 Platinum run. Again, I'll rotate between those for the foreseeable future. So catch me on there, on there, chat, play some games with me, Twitter again, hot takes on all forms of entertainment will be on there.
0: And you can tell we're getting ready for our iron man two episode. You've, you've got the red on you're ready to go.
3: Oh yeah, I'm ready. I got my, I got, I got my I got, iron man red today. I got something for you guys. Don't worry.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited to talk iron man Two. I can't even tell you. Um, I think tonight is, I told John the first night that we're going to have maybe a little bit of, um, a debate we'll when get it comes there. to ranking needs. So we'll get there. We'll get there. Stay tuned, everybody. Uh, I am at Josiah D. Leroy on all social media. Um, few things to plug real quick. Uh, I mentioned DadCast. It is a brand new show from the Geekiverse because, hey, we've been launching new shows left and right. It's our birthday month and we can do whatever we want, right? So uh, six years of the Geekiverse, we released a video, very heartfelt from the entire staff, could not emphasize enough how much we love you, how much we thank you for tuning in, for commenting, for liking for just saying hi to us it means the absolute world to us so thank you for celebrating six years of the geekiverse and hopefully many more to come uh dadcast is a show for gaming fathers you don't have to be a gaming father to listen or, or watch it but it, it would help certainly myself and tim uh, talbot we both have youngsters at home and we uh, got to know each other over the last few weeks and have realized that uh we kind of need each other to talk through some of these uh these moments in life, whether it's it's your your kids or how do you find time to game? How do you find time to balance work? So it's a lifestyle podcast. We'd love it if you tuned into that. The inaugural episode just dropped, and uh, I think we're going to have fun with that series. And I um lastly guest starred on another Geekiverse series that I'm not normally on called Drafting with Drafts, sponsored by Community Beer Works. Uh, the topic was to choose or draft five individuals like you would in a fantasy football or hockey draft. Five individuals that you would want to be quarantined with. So that episode will be up uh, this weekend at some point. You can check that out right at youtube.com slash the and wherever you stream your podcasts. As always, this has been another fun episode of geek Scott Game. Check us out in two weeks and get involved with the community on social media, facebook.com slash the and Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we are at the underscore Geekiverse and at the Geekiverse respectively. For John, for Jeff, for Rashawn, I'm Josiah. We'll catch you all in a few weeks. Have a wonderful evening.